0: town bank mortgage nmls number five one two one three eight is an equal housing lender this podcast is for informational purposes only and now the man born with a five o'clock shadow and with the nmls number twenty twenty eight two zero one. he is a gentleman he is a scholar he is tyler crawley Welcome, everyone, to the Tuesday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am your host, the aforementioned Tyler Crawley. And, well, it's actually kind of a busy show. for. Sometimes on Tuesdays, you know, it's a little hit or miss with regards to data. Obviously, we're going to be talking about the latest data from Altos Research, inventory-level home prices. We're going to talk about that. But the big report on Monday was from Black Knight, uh, looking at rate locks, which, as you all know, is one of my favorite metrics when looking at mortgage demand, because every week we get data from the Mortgage Bankers Association, which I love, love talking about it here on the podcast. But the rate lock data is a little bit more accurate on what is actually happening with demand, I think, because you know, rate locks a little further in the process and, you know, versus just, you know, applying and maybe you weren't really going to buy or not. So I think rate locks give you a better idea of what is really happening with wannabe buyers. And so that's why I'm a big fan of this report. And you're not going to be shocked, but in the month of September, rate locks were down almost double digits, I mean, technically, it kind of is uh, 9.9%. So it's like right there. You got to round up at that point. Uh, But yeah, almost fell double digits for the month of September, which is not surprising because we're going to talk about where they have mortgage rates and what happened in the last 30 days. I mean, we all know. We talk about it here all the time. Uh, Anyone in the business knows. I mean, mortgage rates have seen um, some big jumps recently. And so not surprisingly, as rates jump up, and we haven't really seen a big decline in home prices, affordability becomes an issue, which means fewer potential buyers. So let's jump into the numbers. Once again, this is the Black Knight Originations Market Monitor report. Month over month, overall rate lock volume was down 9.9% from August. So one month, almost 10% dip. And this is now down 30% in three months. Hasn't been the best three months with regards to rate locks down 30% in three months. And now, year over year, total rate lock volume is now down 60%. But then again, and I'll keep saying this, considering what has happened with mortgage rates, that maybe isn't so bad of a number it could possibly be down more, but let's break out or break down, not break out let's break we're gonna break out into groups now. Let's break down what is happening with the different types of rate locks. so once again, not surprisingly, cash out refis saw the biggest drop now, obviously, you would think cash outs just in gen not cash outs refis in general, you'd be seeing a big decline. Because, I mean, we're rates where they are. A lot of people locking in. I saw a stat the other day. I can't remember where it was. It was on Twitter. And it was like 99% of active mortgages are under where the current 30-year rate is. And. It's like when you hear that, how are there any refis in all honesty? Uh, I mean, I guess unless you really need the money, but I mean, people don't. I mean, cash out refis fell 26.2% month over month, just in one month, 26.2% drop. They are now down 78.8% year over year. So if anyone tells you that this housing market is anything like 2008, Once again, more data that just tells them to shut up, just don't or just don't listen to them, just block them out. Because remember, what was happening in 2008 was everyone was doing cash outs and they needed the money. They were way over leverage. They needed money anyway, possibly doing cash outs to buy other homes. No equity existed. And what we're seeing in this housing market is a ton of equity. And not a lot of cash outs. And so that is a good sign for the stability of the housing market. Now, purchases were down 7.6% just month over month. They're now down 29.4% year over year, which I will continue to, once again, harp on, you know, down 30% year over year. That's a big drop. I mean, if you remember at the beginning of 2022, the projections were, I think it was from the Mortgage Bankers Association that we were going to see more purchase originations this year than 2021, which is pretty amazing because 2021 was like a record year after the record year of 2020. (laughs) So they were projecting 2022 to be a record year. That clearly has not happened. Nobody thought rates were going to do what they are doing, but still only down 29.4%, I think is telling that there's still massive demand out there and people still feel confident in the housing market. Now, refis, that's rate term refis, were only down 0.1%, which sounds kind of crazy, right? Like how is that not down? Well, it's because it's already down so substantially. It's down 93.3% year over year. It, there's just you know, there's a level you're just you're not going to reach 100%. And there's always going to be refis happening, uh, you know, because of divorces, deaths, um, I'm sure there's another reason that I can't think of right now, but there are reasons why you would have to refi. And so those are always going to exist that are just not impacted by rates. The The, the normal refi, of course, are gone. They are, they're gone. And so what we are seeing are the sort of required refis. And I guess they're always going to be there. And so you're just not going to see a lot of movement. Uh, at least towards the negative with regards to rate term refis. Now, here is another stat that I think is important that also, once again, shows the stability of this housing market. And that is credit scores. Credit scores continue to remain high. There's a lot of worry out there that mortgage companies concerned about volume, volume dropping off are gonna drop their standards. They're gonna find some way to get these people in, and it's it's not happening. It has not been happening, and once again, another report, this one from September, it's, it's, it's not happening. Uh, Rate term refinancing saw the average credit score actually jump five points to 738. That is actually two points higher than one year ago. Purchases saw zero change month over month and year over year. With an average credit score of 730. And cash outs did fall. They had the lowest score. Two points to 693. Which is down 36 points year over year. So cash outs. They have seen that drop below 700. But still staying in the very high 600s. Meanwhile, purchases and um, rate term refis are, are, are pretty solid in the 730s. So you're not seeing that. Deterioration where, you know, back in, you know, anyone that wanted a a mortgage could get one. They didn't care. You know, the lower the score, the better in some cases. Uh, You're just not seeing that. So you're not seeing mortgage companies dropping their standards in order to get volume, at least not yet. You know, know, we've heard about products and other things out there, what other companies are doing. We will see. But right now, you're not seeing it. In fact, the average credit score for a conforming mortgage product was 747 that was unchanged from last month and a year ago. 747. <laughs> That's pretty good. It's more than just a plane. It's the average credit score in the month of September. So let's get to, of course, the elephant in the room, which and I think at this point, this might actually be bigger than an elephant, uh, are mortgage rates. And so mortgage rates, according, this is according to Black Knight, this is where they had mortgage rates at the end of September, they had the 30 year fixed up 91 basis points in one month, almost a full point to 6.72%. Over three months, it's up 93, which goes to show you that most of that happened in the last month versus the prior two months, and is now up year over year 352 basis points. That's a big jump. That is, a, that is more than half. That is up more than 100%. So that gives you an idea of why you can see this rate lock volume dropping off. And like I said, with that big of a jump, it's surprising that number is not actually bigger. Now, Scott Happ, who is president of Optimal Blue, said in a statement that skyrocketing rates and affordability concerns are forcing a pullback of home prices. Obviously, in some of the hotter markets, we've seen a bigger pullback. Other places, smaller of a pullback. He said, quote, home prices are pulling back in a growing number of markets, but across the country, affordability remains a challenge. This is likely one reason why non conforming loans gained market share and we saw an increase of the average loan amount. The decline in purchase lock volume bears this out as well purchase lock counts which exclude the impact of soaring home values on dollar volume were down more than 10% from 2019 levels making the third consecutive month that that number of purchase locks has fallen below pre-pandemic norms i mean it's it's very bizarre i mean there was actually kind of a great podcast out by odd lots if you guys listen to that that's a great podcast from bloomberg and it's uh, was it um, Adam Weisenthal and, and Tracy Galloway, I think they were talking about, you know, this, this jump in you know, mortgage rates and, you know, what's going to happen to housing. And actually, the guy, I can't remember who they were talking to, but he was actually arguing that you're not going to see as big. He was only arguing like a three percent dip um, with regards to home prices. And which is a lot smaller than what other people are projecting, uh, anywhere from 10, 15, maybe even 20%. And his argument was is that you know, people are locked in, what do they call it, the gold handcuffs, they're locked into these homes and they're not having affordability issues. The people who are having affordability issues are the people that want to buy a home. People that already own a home, and especially they bought it you know, two years ago, they're sitting pretty. And they're not having affordability issues. And because they don't have to sell, it's gonna keep inventories. Inventory levels incredibly low, and so yeah, I mean, as rates rise, <laughs> fewer people are going to board up, can, can you know buy a home, and therefore you are going to see uh, rate locks fall off, and so that's pretty much what we saw. But good thing we're not seeing credit scores fall off. Let's keep that in mind. Uh, all right, before we run out of time here, uh, inventory levels, of course, we get the weekly data from Altos Research, and after three weeks of inventory climbs or inventory climbing, there we go. (laughs) It was only a little bit too. It was like 1% or a little bit under 1% every week. Uh, This week, inventory saw no increase. It leveled off. Active inventory of unsold homes was 561,000. That was unchanged from the prior week. And it is up 31% from the same time last year. So that's good. But remember, home you know, inventory levels were at historic lows, or we're, we're getting close to the historic lows that we saw at the beginning of 2022. But here's the problem. So it's up 31% from very, very low levels. It's about even where we were in 2020, which was still low. And it's about half of where we were in a more normalized market in 2019. So that's the problem is that like, okay, great. You know, inventory levels have have, you know, risen a little bit but we are still at incredible lows and we're still almost half of where we should be in a sort of normalized market which is creating more problems we got affordability issues we have inventory issues it's just it's it's crazy time right now in housing uh with regards to home prices the median price of a single family home fell slightly to four hundred and thirty four thousand. mike simonson ceo of altos is now projecting the median home price could end the year at around $400,000, which is $10,000 less than what he was projecting last week. And I'll give Mike Simonson credit. I mean, this guy sort of lives by the um, the John Maynard Keynes rule, which is when the facts change, my opinion changes. What do you do, sir? I mean, he updates his projections pretty much every week. I mean, one minute he's like, inventory levels are going to be here. Uh Uh-oh, they're going to be lower. And same thing happened with home prices. He's like, here's where we're going to end the year. All of a sudden, it looks like home prices might be falling a little little more than he thought. Changes his projection. And so, I like Altos, as I've said many a times before. Weekly data gives you an idea of what's happening with inventory and home prices, uh, as well as what's behind those price changes. For example, price reductions have now hit an all-time high, 41.9%. This is up significantly from the all-time low that we saw of around 15% reported earlier this year. I mean, it's this is such a bizarre year. I mean, we went from like historic, historic lows with regards to price reductions, and now we're at all-time highs. <laughs> it's just crazy. Uh immediate sales continue to plummet. They are now down to just 16%. This is down from 27% last year. And down from the highs that we saw earlier this year in 2022 when it was around 35%. So inventory levels leveling off, prices falling, price reductions increasing, and immediate sales falling. That's pretty much what you'd expect, right? I would think so. That's what I mean. There was nothing surprising to me in this uh, Altos Reports Uh, And once again, of course, you can read all these articles in either the morning newsletter, which you can sign up for at marketsandmortgages.com, or you can read the articles right there on the website. Uh, Also, this will be in the uh, newsletter. Uh, Emily Badger at the Upshot blog over there at The New York Times wrote a great piece, sort of like a companion piece to the piece. I think it was either a week or two weeks ago about starter homes and why aren't there any starter homes they now break down why perfectly good starter homes are being torn down and i know you're going to be shocked by this but it's cuz of NIMBYs. <laughs> it's local governments and these stupid regulations and they make it so hard to build starter homes and make it you know zoning laws instead of you know cuz the reality is is that you know land cost is one of the biggest costs when it comes to construction and so if they can't usually build, you know, two homes on that property and charge them sort of a stor- starter home price, they can't make any money. I mean, they can't buy the house, a, a single family, small single family, buy it and then sell it for less than what they paid for it to make it affordable. But what they could do is turn it into two lots and build cheaper homes. And make them affordable, so you could have two families, and you know, that, that's the way they can make money. But zoning laws won't let them, regulations won't let them, NIMBYs will not let them. And so, what do they do? They tear it down and build a bigger home, so they can make some money. And this is, you know, they're they're sort of being forced to do this by local regulations, who, of course, mostly created by people who do not want to see more homes, more families take advantage of home ownership. You know, they're NIMBYs. That's how they roll. So that's in the newsletter as well. Link to the New York Times piece. Highly recommend it. I love. I mean, I Got to give credit to New York Times. I will say, as a, as, as someone who is a conservative leaning podcaster who <laughs> used to be in talk radio, uh, you know, you, you won't hear me praise the New York Times a lot. <laughs> this is one of those. It's actually New York Times does a great job. Like their op-ed page is 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 garbage. But their uh, reporting is pretty good. And here is an example of that. So that's a newsletter. Go there and check it out. We are officially out of time. I will talk to you guys tomorrow for another. We got, oh, it's a busy week this week. We got, and here's something weird. I know I'm going over my lot of time, but whatever. CPI is coming out this week. You know, all eyes on inflation data. But it always is CPI and then PPI. This week it's PPI and then CPI, now maybe I solved it wrong. I was on the site I always look at for my um, trading economics calendar. And I mean, they ha- I'm looking at it right now. They have PPI coming out before CPI. Maybe I should try another website and see if it's its just, nah, whatever. Here we go, here we go. Here's here's the market watch economic calendar. No, look, they got PPI too. <laughs> it's so weird, I've never seen that before. So we got PPI on Wednesday, we got CPI on Thursday, and then we got retail sales on Friday. Also on Wednesday, we got mortgage demand as always, but we also got the FOMC minutes from their last meeting. So kind of a busy week, kind of an important week, there we go, Uh, especially with regards to inflation data, which of course is important. I know the Fed looks at PCE, but... This has an oversized impact on the way people feel and look at inflation. So we will be talking about that on later this week. But we got to go. You guys, enjoy your Tuesday. We'll see you back here Wednesday morning for another edition of Markets and Mortgages. And Remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait.